Hello, Grace Griffins. I have with me today Mr. Ben Booth, who is going to tell us about why we should study eschatology, why we should study um, end times, how it affects our lives now, even down to a political level. Um, so I'm very excited to be able to do that now. All right, Mr. Booth, let's start simply. Tell us the details of the evening. This coming Monday night on January 10th, we will be hosting, Grace Classical Christian Academy will be hosting a debate slash pastor discussion on the subject of the millennium of Revelation 20. It will be at Granbury Live, right off the square. There will be three individuals participating in the debate I'll be hosting. The three individuals are Pastor Paul Duncan of Mambrino Baptist Church, Matt Mills, who is a county attorney for Hood County, and Steve Jeffrey, who is assistant pastor at All Saints Presbyterian Church in Fort Worth. Paul Duncan is the historic primo position, correct? That's correct. And Matt Mills is taking the all-mill position, yes. and Pastor Stephen Jeffrey is taking the post-mill position. Okay, so the event is at 6.30 p.m. at Granberry Live. Once again, we would invite you also to join us after the debate and the discussion in the office room upstairs above Granberry Live. Um, it's going to be more informal, a time to ask questions of the people who are able to attend, and so that'll be really great. All right, to start off, let's just define some terms. Um, in, a, in the simplest form, what, what is eschatology, Ben? Eschatology comes from two Greek words, eschatos and logos. Eschatos meaning last and logos meaning word or speech. Um, literally, eschatology is the study of last things. Generally, when Christians talk about eschatology... They're talking about it either in terms of individual eschatology, what happens to us, um, namely death, um, the resurrection of the body, um, or they are talking about general or cosmic eschatology, the major events that happen at the end of time, such as the return of Christ, the rapture, if you believe in one, or the millennium, and then the ushering of the new heavens and the new earth. So at a basic level, that's what eschatology is. So eschatology is only concerned with the end times? It is not only concerned with the end times. Uh, in, in a way, you could say that the entire Bible is eschatological because it is all moving towards a telos or an end. So at the very beginning in Genesis 3, when God makes the promise to Eve that her seed, the seed of the woman, will crush the head of the serpent, that is an eschatological idea, a concept that not only culminates in the death of Christ, but has continuing implications even in the lives of Christians. So in that sense, the entire Bible is eschatological. So essentially, one's eschatology will play a huge role in how one lives right now. Yes, it does to varying degrees. Uh, it, it, it certainly plays, plays a level. Uh, many theologians might talk about categories of whether you have a pessimistic view of of life that everything's getting progressively worse uh, or whether you have an optimistic view that everything's getting better or some people have a kind of combination of, of pessimism and optimism in their uh, eschatology but it all definitely uh, definitely depends how or affects how you live as Christians how you interact with the culture 
So what might you say is the most, um, the most basic, the most important reason why we should study eschatology? The most important reason we should study eschatology is because it is revealed in Scripture. Um, God never reveals something that he doesn't intend for his people to study. So just like the um, doctrine of the virgin birth or justification by faith alone, so also eschatology is revealed in Scripture. It may not have the same level of importance to some degree in terms of our personal salvation, but uh, it must be studied because God has revealed it. Okay, that's great. All right, so I think probably to finish this up here, let's just give a brief overview of some of the main points of these three positions that will be represented. Let's start with the premillennialist position. So what would you say are some of the main points of uh, premillennialism? Yeah, premillennialism, so literally means before millennium. This is the view that uh, was probably the earliest view in Christian history, in terms of church history, that Christ will return uh, prior to the millennium. So Christ will return, um, uh, and then after, subsequent to Christ's return, he will set up his millennial reign, will rule on the earth for a thousand years, and then after his millennial reign, he will usher in the end of time. So there will be a millennium that will take place after Christ's return. Now, in that position, uh, is it a literal thousand-year reign? Depends on who you ask. Most premillennials would hold that it's a literal 1,000-year reign. However, some historic premillennials are okay with the idea that it could be just a long period of time. Okay, that's helpful. Okay, so next, uh, what would you say are the most important elements to the all-mill position? Yeah, so all-mill literally means no millennium. That is somewhat of a misnomer. Um, all millennials do believe in a millennium because Revelation 20 uses the word millennium. So they do believe in a millennium, but they do not believe it is a literal 1,000-year millennium on earth. The major tenets of the all millennial position would be that the millennium is symbolic uh, for a very long period of time that begins either in Christ's incarnation or his death resurrection sometime within Christ's ministry uh, the millennium was ushered in. And the millennium is just synonymous with the kingdom of God. So the millennium was ushered in, and it will culminate with the return of Christ. So there will be no literal millennium on earth, either before or after Christ's coming. That would be the millennial position. Okay, and last but not least, what are the tenets uh, of the post-millennial position? Yes, so I think it's first important to understand that uh, originally in Christian history, you were either pre-mill or post-mill. Um, all-millennialism technically is a form of post-millennialism in that both agree that Christ returns after the millennium. But when we use the term post-millennialism, we are uh, usually describing the view that says not only is the millennium spiritual in nature, but it will affect culture in a significant way that... Um, the gospel, the preaching of the gospel becomes so influential that it will usher in a golden age for the church and Christ will return to a Christianized world so that the world will be uh, Christianized before Christ returns. Some would even say that or most post-millennials would advocate for the idea that there will actually be more people in heaven than in hell at the end of time. 
Uh, that would be the post-millennial position of the kingdom of God. Well, thanks a lot, Ben. I think this is really helpful, a, a nice precursor. I would like to direct your attention to um, Mr. Booth's article that he wrote about this as well that will give you some helpful um, ideas on how to approach this topic and why it's so good for us to study it as Christians and, and how eminently practical and important it is for our lives right now. So thanks a lot, Mr. Booth, for writing that. Thank you for your time here. And I look forward to seeing you guys January 10th, 6.30 p.m. at Granberry Live. So I hope to see you. Thanks. Thanks.